0: I want to make sure that the the reason that they're doing it and their current relationship are healthy. Um, that they're not running away from something. That that's not a good reason to be opening up your relationship. What brings you to the call is my first question, and they will they will then say, you know, we've been looking into non monogamy, or you know, there are many reasons. One of us is, is by, so you know, that's how they will start.
1: Could you ask me the intro question?
0: Sure. What brings you here
2: today?
1: Welcome to Us, the five-part series about the sex party revolution. In the first episode, we established a baseline. You heard from an attendee whose life has been personally changed by parties, and you heard from Miss Scorpio, a party founder who for the past 10 years has hustled to make a safe haven for weirdos. In this episode, we're going to get into a community that's flown too close to the sun before and is more ambitious because of their past mistakes. But first, it's a podcast. Here's our sponsors Hedonist is sponsored by Zero Spaces. Recently, I talked to Zero Spaces founder Stoya about problems she sees in porn and culture that led her to start Zero Spaces. Problem two quantity over quality.
0: Quantity over quality is partially a symptom of the on-demand nature of the internet so you end up with these flat basic superficial cartoony very easy to end up becoming problematic or offensive products and zero spaces slows that down everybody has a couple of months to on and off work on their part um, of course I'm a little bit of a stress case but <laughs>
1: what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's not so much porn
0: for people who like their stuff complex as it is porn made by people who are very twitchy and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. highly perfectionist
1: that's zerospaces.com. dot com One issue is $25. Individual components are available for $3 to $5. Buy the whole issue. Instead of eating out once this week, you'll have fed your cultural hunger and you can make something less greasy at home. It's a win-win. Zerospaces.com, engineered for exploration. Hedonist is also supported by Field, a space where you can explore your desires and find your people. Go to field.co. That's F-E-E-L-D.co. FIELD, a space where the curious and open-minded can come together. For more information and to sign up for FIELD, visit F-E-E-L-D co. FIELD, the dating app for open-minded couples and singles. Available on the App Store and the Play Store. So, the woman you heard at the top is Effie Ballou. And her life looks totally different because of one of the wealthiest men who turned sex positivity into his business. That man is Andrew Sparksfire, and we'll get to him, his sex parties, and the communal houses he's founded. But I want to start with Effie, because the way she's changed, it's an example of how Hacienda thinks they can transform the larger culture.
0: I was in the corporate world for a decade and a very, very different lifestyle. From the outside, I had, an, I had a, a pristine life of like a great job, good salary, and um, it, it was also you know, affirmed by my parents who were like proud. Ha- and but I was so unhappy that I was like, okay, this is this is out of my control. Like, it's-
1: Effie's job required her to travel a ton, which at the time worked for her because she thought she was bad at relationships.
0: I would get into a relationship, and as I got to this place of like, I'm I'm in love, I feel grounded, I feel um, this is the person I want to be with, and and that moment of like bliss and comfort is when I would go and like cheat. I just thought that I wasn't built for relationships ultimately. You know, that, that's, that's kind of what I thought What I wasn't... I was, I was um, broken in that way, you know.
1: Eventually, her job brought her to New York. She started exploring the kink scene. And from there, she ended up, not surprisingly, at a hacienda party. And that's where she first learned about polyamory and open relationships.
0: And I learned about, you know, I first discovered non-monogamy here in this house. So, and that? it changed my mind. I was just, it blew my mind. Think about it.
1: Before her life was designed to avoid relationships, she thought she had a problem. Then she realized the problem wasn't within her, but it's what she's been taught. The party Andrew created, this whole world, it changed how she saw herself. They had this
0: sort of, this whole other way of functioning in the world, which felt like home to me.
1: And now I want to tell you how this originated and how they hope to expand. So imagine you've been invited, you've gotten past security, you've attended the orientation on how to say yes, how to ask permission, you're in. And what from the outside looks like another apartment building in Hipsterville, Brooklyn, on the inside is a mansion, marble and velvet, four floors, a backyard with a long stone fire pit, one hot tub, three kitchens, 14 residents and 16 bathrooms, one giant teddy bear whose name you forget, but whose pronouns are they and them. In the corner of the first floor kitchen is a full, body-sized finger trip. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Head out to the patio, out to the backyard bar, and you'll pass a room with clear doors and restraints that hang from the ceiling, on a rack or whips in a cataprod. Head down to the basement, you might call it a dungeon, but the people who live here at Hacienda Villa, they call it the event space. And since you've been invited, since you've gone into what they call the gated garden, you can see how people talk, how comfortable they are in their bodies, how they approach everyone. And maybe one of those people you approach will be Andrew. And it'll tell you his and Hacienda's origin story.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm very aware of the fact that I'm a, an extremely privileged single white male who has a background in finance and, and money from hedge funds. So, like, well, my yeah. name is Andrew Sparksfire, and I'm the founder of Hacienda, which is a community organization that uh, focuses on sex-positive culture. We, we, we celebrate responsible hedonism, and uh, one of our primary goals is to take the shame out of sex and to take sex out of isolation.
1: Andrew grew up in England. His dad was a cop. They weren't wealthy. He was shy, didn't have many friends. And then he moved to the States when he was 26. He bounced from jobs, made some money in tech, but got out before the 2000 bust. He wasn't very passionate, but he was thoughtful.
2: I wanted to save whatever I could from the various bonuses I received uh, and put it into real estate, and that's what I started doing. Then simultaneously, real estate went up in value. So I refinanced some of the properties and bought more properties and I just kept buying. And that was what gave me the basis for all of the stuff that I'm doing with Hacienda. And I I deferred future happiness for the purpose of being able to have enough money to be able to actually do something with it, you know, when I got older. And I I knew that I wanted to do more than just that. I just didn't know exactly what it was.
1: Andrew also didn't know what he wanted in his personal life. So he fell into the norm. He got married, she wanted kids in a conventional partnership, and then he realized that's not what he wanted.
2: And I didn't know necessarily that polyamory was an option. I actually thought that... um, Someone had told me that, um, that, that polyamorous people are, are Wiccans. And so and yeah. not being a Wiccan, I, <laughs> I didn't think it was an option that was open to me. You know, this is before polyamory was, was fairly was well-known. You know, That was oh, okay. 10 years ago.
1: Despite not knowing if what he was after even existed, they divorced. It was the most difficult breakup of his life. And so it led him to do what everyone does when they're lost and alone. He went home... He went online and he searched sex blog
2: and the first thing that popped up was a blog by a fellow named jefferson the story of a parent and pervert in new york city he had his kids uh, every other weekend as many divorced parents do and um and on the weekends when he didn't have his kids he hosted sex parties and he described them in intricate detail and i thought well, this can't be true but then when i got to the com- when you look at the comments section there were comments by other sex bloggers who said oh i really loved it when you like sucked that into me and when you like did you know when you you know, went down on me and you did this thing to me and so on and uh, and then i clicked through to that person's blog and read the same story of the same evening from their perspective and i thought oh my god this is unbelievable this actually happened you know this is this actually there's actually real sex parties happening in new york city like last weekend
1: He got in touch with Jefferson, who sent him up on a date and invited him to his first party with about 20 others. He went, of course he loved it, and he started to attend parties regularly. Andrew was finding the life he wanted, and that's when they needed a new place to host.
2: I had just finished renovating my house in Brooklyn, was, it was like a big place with a hot tub in the backyard and a fire pit table and an outdoor bar and an outdoor seating area and then a large open plan kind of uh, living space. So it's kind of like built for entertaining, except that I didn't have any friends.
1: Once the parties moved to his house, he gained friends and those people brought their friends. And friend by friend by friend, the parties grew. Then, in 2010, Andrew met someone from the Burning Man community, and that's when it changed. It went from sex geeks to burners. It got to
2: a point where the parties, they they got really fun, you know, we had, we had Burning Man DJs. We had uh, we had a lot of decorations that uh, that started to get put up, and we also incorporated people from the burlesque scene. Uh, we had like a clown party one time, um, and we had we just had a lot of a lot of fun parties going on. But uh, they, you know, but you know, they weren't uh, they weren't as safe as they could have been. I still felt like it was a small party at my house, you know. Uh, I didn't realize the broader responsibility that I had.
1: The guy who connected Andrew with this community of burners started running the parties more. And that was a real mistake.
2: He, he, had, he just had his own issues, you know, and he had a lot of drug issues going on too. And so by 2013, he, um, he, just, he had alienated himself from everyone in the community except for me. And he was just buttering me up. And I was not smart enough to realize how much damage he was causing to my friends.
1: And over the next three years, the culture shifted. From sex geeks, philosophical, introspective people who believe in consent culture, to an irresponsible hedonism. More people were on drugs. Men were being pushy, touching without asking, standing too close. People complained. But at the next party, the same guys were invited back,
2: they weren't coming for the uh, the sex and the community element of it. They were coming for um, they come at four or five a.m. and get in the hot tub and do drugs and lines of coke off the hot tub and things. And it just, just it was just awful. What was um, what was happening? And I didn't see it. And I didn't, Why didn't see, you it. see it because <laughs> because I because I'm a bit slow on the uptake
1: sometimes. <laughs> but you and you aren't. You didn't survey the room and go oh, shit, everyone here is just doing drugs. Or like that, and that woman doesn't feel comfortable. Like you didn't.
2: No, the average person was still having a lot of fun at the party. Mm -hmm. It was a kind of steady kind of uh, process of decline. It uh, It was not our finest hour.
1: They needed a reset. They wanted to keep the fun, the DJs, but reinforce and spread their original mission. They shut down for a moment, reached out to people who had stopped attending, asked for feedback, and overhauled their whole invite list. Effie started doing an orientation about best behavior for all the newcomers. They started hosting more sex ed related events. The decline, the flying too close to the sun, it led to an overhaul that reinforced their purpose.
2: The core of what started originally from the gift that we had been given by the sex geeks, which was this culture of consent and inclusivity. We, 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 We always maintained that and at the heading of every Party invite, we always had, we always had this, this sentence which says, we welcome all genders and all sexual orientations, and we still have it to this day.
1: So after the overhaul internally, they needed to prove it to everyone who stopped trusting them.
2: And the, the next party was titled simply, welcome to Hacienda, as if the previous Hacienda parties had never existed. And that's when we started to get better. That was when we started to listen. So by whatever it was, kind of June of 2014, we'd, we'd already had probably nine months of these newer parties under our belt, and, we, and people had come back. We, we were getting good feedback that uh, what we were doing was working. So I felt very comfortable about, um, about creating a, an intentional community based upon what we had.
1: And what started with a guy without friends who thought polyamorous people were pagans grew into a communal-living, sex-party-throwing poly home. Because for Hacienda, the parties end, but their mission is 24-7. You know, it's not getting spanked in a basement that's radical. People have been doing that for forever. But what makes them a movement is a dedication to everyone feeling good about what they're doing. It's not parties that let Effie to go from someone who felt broken to a relationship coach and a sex educator. It's an attitude and it's a lifestyle. For Andrew, for Effie, for Hacienda, they knew they wanted to protect and expand their brand of sex positivity. One where people know what they want, why they want it, and communicate it.
0: As you sort of delve into this world and realize all the different weird and wonderful ways that people sort of can build and design relationships, you'll get to a place where you understand your design. I really recommend that you sort of always have a good understanding of the why.
1: It sounds simple, but I don't think it's something most of us are taught. This conversation, it genuinely changed how I dated and communicated. For me, it was noticeable in small shifts, but for others, it's bigger. For some, the rules, the structure of their relationships, their housing, all can change. And it's in the big stuff, and it's in the day-to-day stuff, like how you flirt.
0: So I think sort of being authentic is, is, is a great start. And then next thing is, if you're attracted to somebody, Figure out why and lead with your why. You know, I find myself attracted to you because, you know, like you're not just hitting on them. Hi, how are you? You know, how are you? How are you doing? Like you're going with something very specific and you're being very articulate about why you're there. And it's good for you as well.
1: This bold vulnerability, both at parties and out, that's what they become dedicated to. And now it's not just Heffy's job, it's Andrew's full-time job as well. But he's not going couple-to-couple. Couple. He's going public.
2: Businesses have capital that, can, that they can do things with. And movements are ideas, right? So if you can harness both, I think you can accomplish more.
1: So with Andrew's real estate and finance background, they may open more communal houses something people in real estate generally think is about to take off. Andrew's particular brand will just include sex positivity as the additional selling point. He thinks if it's profitable, it'll make communal living and sex positivity more mainstream. He thinks that's how capitalism works. If people can make money off of it, the broader culture will accept it. But that's just one option.
2: Another direction is hospitality, uh, which I think would work very well for us because you know we could combine a place for people to stay with a space where we can provide sex education and, and other things. You know, so a hotel or a membership model type of thing like Soho House would work really well for our community. We we have all of the pieces to pull something like that together. I just don't know if that's necessarily the first thing we do or if we do something else. What I'm very passionate about right now is just trying to... is trying to raise the visibility of Hacienda so that we can get our sex-positive message out there to more people. You know, I feel like we're at the very beginning of of um, of, of our sex-positive... ...crusade, for want of a better word. And uh, it takes a... It, it does take a little bit of um, courage to... To try a different way, take a loss in, in my case, or maybe not courage, that's not really the right word. It's just, it just requires someone to actually, you know, recognize the responsibility that they have in society and, and do something about it.
1: Hacienda is using a business model now to spread. Having messed up and moved so fast once before, they're cautiously trying to grow and spread their gospel while being aware of the mistakes they've made. They have the people and the money to do this, but they're tentative. They know how dangerous growth can be. But there's more of an urge to do something now because another party is starting to speak up. There's another wealthy man who's turning sex parties into his business. But unlike Hacienda, he started with the goal of making money. He wants to franchise. Even their name is antithetical to Hacienda's mission. Daniel Saint founded Not Safe for Work, or NSFW
2: a safer environment allows for more deviance in some ways. I mean, crazy as that sounds, because, uh, because a lot of people will they'll be deviant until it feels unsafe to them, and then they'll run away. You know, I think sex parties should be safe for play, not unsafe for work.
1: My name is Grant Irving. This is Hedoness. Next episode, we'll talk to Daniel. The man who's out, and I quote, to be this generation's Hugh Hefner. Keep listening. Things get weird. heatedness is produced by Allison Rogers. Sorry, Mom. Uh, Billy Linker and myself. We are sponsored by Field. That's F-E-E-L-D dot C-O. And ZeroSpaces.com. That's ZeroSpaces.com.
0: Once you have an orgasm in front of your friends, it's hard to
1: keep up appearances.